This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Praise God. You're looking good. I was just checking my preaching log the other day as Pastor Theo had invited me to come and speak. And I looked and I realized the last time I was here was November 2019. Two years. And we're back. Come on, give Jesus praise. The devil is a liar and God is true. Amen. His word is yes and amen. And again, I just want to say thank you so much to Apostle Theo and Beverly Vormrans. I thank God I'm called into a household of faith. I thank God that we have a man of God, a woman of God that teaches faith the way they do, that we're able to get through tough times because the word is yes and amen, and we dare to believe it. Come on, let's show them appreciation and say thank you so much to our apostles and founders and father and mother of the faith. Amen. How many of you came expectant? Always remember, expectancy is the key to receiving. Father, we stand today amazed at who you are. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of God. We get together once again. And we appreciate you so much for your love and your word and your faith. And so today, once again, we've come expecting to hear from you. And so I submit myself under your mighty hand. And that, Father, I am cautious to be just as Jesus. Only say that which you've said. That you would guide my speech, that with your grace I shall speak your word with clarity and accuracy. And as your word goes forth, you'd ignite it with your presence and your faith. Take it deep into the heart of every hearer. It causes faith to rise and dispels every form of fears. Minds are renewed to your word. Understanding replaces confusion. I believe each and every one of us are transformed from glory to glory. For this we give you alone the praise and honor in the name of Jesus. Family, if you're ready to receive, shout amen. Praise God as you see that open your Bible at Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Now, <clears throat> how many of you have been through some really tough times in the last two years? I mean, a lot of people have gone through a lot of things, and this world was hit with devastating disease. And, of course, uh, that disease caused devastation amongst families, many, many people had lost ones die and leave. And we thank God for those that are saved and today are celebrating in heaven. And we thank God that so many, many testimonies have come through. Many healings. Uh, many of you know my faith, my, my story. My wife was also, she landed up in ICU and was there for almost a month. And the doctors gave up hope. But thank God we hope against hope. And thank God for the truth of the word. And she's alive and healthy today. And we give God glory for the truth of his word. And of course, now as we step into this year, as coming towards an end, we're stepping into a new year. As we went into this year, as we entered into the beginning of it, the Lord spoke to me that he is 
doing amongst many other things. I don't have time to go into everything. But one of the things that he spoke about is that he is bringing restoration. Everybody say restoration. Acts chapter 3 says that Jesus is retained in the heavenlies until the restoration of all things. Now, there's a whole message there I don't have time to go into. You want to know when the end times is, when Jesus is coming? It's when he's restored all things. That's an amazing revelation there. And in fact, in Isaiah, God says that my people are plundered. They're in devastation. They're in, in trouble because no one says restore. And so he's placed the authority in our lives, in our hands, to be able to call on restoration. God restored all things on the cross. He restored the Garden of Eden. He restored the curse. He restored the blessing. He restored relationship with him on the cross. All things have been restored in Christ. Now we must receive that in order to walk in that restoration. And many, many people have, not only when it came to health issues, but a lot of people faced a lot of attacks in terms of their finances. Many people lost their jobs. Uh, salaries were cut. Some, many, many have lost businesses. They have a lifetime of building a, a family business just wiped out. And now that's gone as well. And so you understand that the world is in this, in this recovery phase. But without Christ, it's a hopeless phase. Without Christ, there is no healing. You can, you can get the body healthy, but true health comes from within in the heart. When you talk about uh, financial restoration, how do you understand that God wants to restore you? I said God wants to restore you. I know we've been watching online for very long, and we got used to just staring at a TV seat, but now I'm back in the building. Now we say amens again. Amen. And all those that are at home, thank God that you're there, but you need to get back to the building. Amen. Amen. I, I, we use the, the online facility. It's great for people that aren't able to get to the building, but let's not neglect the gathering of the saints. I thought I'd just put that in there. But now that we're back, we want to see all things restored. How many of you need some kind of breakthrough? How many of you need some kind of help in your life? Let me just see your hand now. Remember, God's not going to force anything on you. So if you don't put your hand, he won't make you be restored. But how many of you would like to be restored? How many you got some payback happening? Well, God has given us a promise of his payback. You see, the problem is that so often when we get into stress, we get into trouble, we can land up in panic mode. And that's exactly how the devil does it. He will get us to focus on what we don't have. He'll look out, get us to focus on our lack, on all the problems. One thing that I discovered that when you're walking a walk of faith, the greatest attack Satan brings is in the realm of fear. You play all the scenarios out in front of you, and then you're supposed to react according to those fears. But thank God, just as Job said, my worst fear came upon me, Jesus also said, you have what you say. You can decide what your future is going to be. I said, you can decide what 2022 is going to look like. How many of you ready for some blessing? How many of you ready for some payback? Ready for some restore? Shout restore. restore. Jesus said yeah, in verse 31, do not worry. Do not worry. Does that sound like a suggestion? A recommendation? How many of you realize that sounds a lot like an instruction? 
Do not worry, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? Remember, Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, be anxious for nothing. How many things are you supposed to be worried about? You know, even people will say, you know, I'm, I'm really worried about you, and that's their way of showing they, they love you. But the Bible says don't worry about anything. Amen? Doesn't the Word say that we must roll every care onto the Lord? So I won't even tell someone, be careful, because that means be full of care. We're supposed to roll all the care on the Lord. Be anxious for. So if I'm worried and there's anxiety, if my heart starts to beat a little faster, if I start to sweat, I start to think, what am I going to do now? I need to deal with it. That is an attack from the enemy to try and drag us into that place of lack of, of being concerned. He says here, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, in how many things? In everything, by prayer and supplication, listen to this now, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ. Now listen to it. It says, in everything, with thanksgiving. Now, family, how do you know God's not saying thank you for COVID-19? That's not what you're thanking for. You're not thanking for the devastation. You're not thanking for the loss. You're not thanking for the attack. But in that situation, you're still going to give God thanks because He is still God. He is still on the throne. He is still King of kings. He is still the healer. He is still the provider. He is still the protector. Everything His Word ever said. How many you know when God gave any promise, He never put in brackets until 2019? He said that he would be your God. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And so I need to remember when Jesus says, do not worry about anything. What you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. These are the things, verse 32 of Matthew 6, these are the things that the Gentiles seek. Let your, for your heavenly Father knows you need these things. Say this, God knows exactly what I need. So while we're wondering, God, where are you? Or God, why haven't you? God sees exactly what you need. Now listen to verse 33. But, here's your key. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. How many of you wouldn't mind a new business? That's even better than the one you had before. How many of you wouldn't mind a better job, an increase? How many of you wouldn't mind a promotion? I see four hands so far. How many of you wouldn't mind some kind of... But you notice that's not what we're looking for. As long as we're continuously trying to get more out of our bank account, more out of our boss, more... Because that's what happens. We begin to look at our job as our income. We look at our boss as our supply. But Jesus is saying, seek first the kingdom of God. So there are other things. First implies there's at least a second. So the other things are there and you're going to need them. We need to know where we're going to where we're going to live. We need to know what we're going to eat. We need to know what we're going to wear. But that's not our worry. That's not our concern. That's not our pursuit. In other words, we can get to a place where you're not even thinking about tomorrow. It's already sorted out. 
The fears we have are always about tomorrow, not today. You're not worried sitting where you are. Come on. No one's falling over from sudden hunger. No one's so thirsty you, you're struggling to sit in your chair there. In fact, you're not even thinking of what you're going to do in the next hour because it's already sorted out. You know you're here. So my worry is only about when I leave the building. It's only about tomorrow. And Jesus said, why are you worrying about tomorrow? Look where you are today. You've made it. You've come this far. You, he's looked after you. He protected you. He kept you through the storm, and you are still here. So don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what's coming up. That's what God has set it up that those things will be put into place if we get our priorities right. And he says, seek first the kingdom of God. Now, from my experience as a pastor, I find most Christians don't really know what that means. What does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God? Because you see, there's a lot of people, if you ask them if they're Christian, they say, yes, I'm a Christian. Oh, that's wonderful. Praise God. And then when you watch their lifestyle, you wonder, are they Christian? You see, they like the idea of going to heaven. They don't just like, they, they like the idea of being called a Christian. They like the idea that they love God. They just don't like this going to the building thing. Or, you know, they like God and they like serving Jesus. They just don't like that singing stuff. Or, you know, they just don't like the, that giving stuff. Or they just don't like, they, they like the concept. But when we're talking about the kingdom of God, God has structured his kingdom family not as a religion where you need to go through a bunch of rules so that you can tick all the boxes to get to heaven. No, God has established his kingdom as a family. He is your father. You are his son and his daughter. And he loves you and he wants the best life for you. And he knows how this creation works. It's like telling your little child, don't play with doors because you know if they slam it wrong, their finger's going to land in the door. You're not saying thou shalt not play with doors because doors are fun and I don't want you to have fun. You're protecting their finger from something they're not aware of. And so when God gives us instructions and guidance of how his kingdom works, we understand he's setting it up so that you can enjoy the benefits of that kingdom. Hallelujah. See, Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with how much? All your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in how many ways? In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Family, get a hold of that. As long as I'm worrying, he's not in charge. I'm still trying to figure out how to do it. But when I put all my trust in him, he will direct my path. There are times that he will give me instruction. There's obvious things like wake up, brush your teeth, get dressed. You understand? <laughs> Open the door, go to work. You know, there's obvious things that you do. And he may give you an instruction that you need to go out and perform in order to bring something to pass. But something I've learned about God, when he says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. If I'm trusting him and I'm going about doing everything I know to do, 
And when I reach the end of what I know to do, I still trust him. And I still know he's looking after me. And as long as I'm listening for his instruction and his guidance and following him, he will always make it work out right. Hallelujah. You come down to verse 9 of Proverbs chapter 3. He says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with thee first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now, we are not grain farmers today. Today, we farm in terms of finances mainly. Many of us work, that's our main income is money. So where would you store your harvest? In a bank account. So we're just going to update the scripture so that it's, you know, not just talking to grain farmers, but to those that have got bank accounts. So he says, honor the Lord with the first fruits of all your increase. So your bank accounts. You understand, if, you, if, you are, if you're operating in the kingdom of God, you're going to need multifunctional accounts. Your bank accounts will be filled with plenty, and your investments will overflow. I thought I'd get a bigger amen. How many of you wouldn't mind that scripture coming to pass? But you notice it comes with honoring God first. He says first fruit. First implies again there's a second. You're going to eat from your tree. You're going to eat from your harvest. But the first of that harvest is there to say, God, I wouldn't even have this job if it wasn't for you. I wouldn't have this income if it wasn't for you. The skills and the talents and the gifts, everything I have to offer this company, you built into me. In fact, I wouldn't even be uh, if I didn't have the air to breathe in my lungs. Everything I have in you, I live and move and have my being and so I'm going to honor you and I'm going to show you because whatever I get in my life at the end of the day it's from you it is your creation that you've allowed me to live in and that you've provided for me and the way I'm going to show you is to offer the first back to you and I'm placing God first before I do anything else. In other words, when my income comes in, my salary, my whatever somebody gives me, an investment, an inheritance, whatever I get, it's so easy to say, we're really in trouble right now. We, you know, God will understand. I don't have a job right now. God will understand. I need every cent of this money. But how you know, when you place God first, you open the windows of heaven and he is able to bless you. Isn't that the truth? Family, this word is still true in 2021. Look at Malachi chapter 3. God says in verse 6, I am the Lord, I do not change. Come on, give Jesus praise right there. Just say, thank God he never changes. I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. What's God saying? You are due for a consuming. But I gave a covenant that I will protect you. In other words, if the covenant wasn't there, I would have blown you off the planet. But he made covenant to protect them. And he says, even though you have put yourself in a place where you can be destroyed, because I'm God, because my word is yes and amen, and because I love you, 
I will not destroy you. I do not change. My word is yes and amen, and I never change. Thank God for that. He says, verse 7, yet from the days of your fathers, you've gone away from my ordinances and you've not kept them. Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. You say, in what way shall we return? And he says, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? Now, for me, that would be a valid response. I mean, come on, if I walked up to you and, oh, and accused you of something nasty and ugly, your first response is, what? Where'd you come with that? And yeah, God says, you've robbed me. Who would, the last thing you would think of is robbing God. And yet you've robbed me. And they shocked like, what? God, we were, we would never rob you. And he says, yes, you have. In what way have we robbed you? And he says, in tithes and offerings. In tithes and offerings. Now, family of God, how many of you realize God is creator and he needs nothing? How many of you realize that you cannot steal from anybody that owns anything anyway? I don't care if you take a whole bunch of gold and stick it in a hole somewhere. That's God's hole. It's his gold. He knows where it is. And just because you think you've hid it away, he knows exactly where it is. And you're going to leave the planet. And when you're gone, it's still his. So, so how have you realized? Because you're holding the tithe, that's what you're up. It's not the money. God doesn't need the money. So what is it that's, that's been robbed you? I used to think, you know, I, and I taught around that, and it's true, there's an aspect to it that really the tithe is not ours. It all belongs to God. There's that, the Leviticus says the tithe is the Lord's. Now, someone says, I can't afford to tithe. What do you mean? It's like if I lend you a thousand rand and, uh, and my, the, the payback date is next year, March, and next year, March, I come to you and you're ready to pay back and say, I can't afford to pay you back. Uh, I used it to go and buy another car or buy another suit or clothes or whatever. No, that, that's my money, isn't it? So it's not that we can't afford to pay it back because it's not ours in the first place. I said it's not ours in the first place. So I can't even talk about I can't afford to do it. If I said, yes, a thousand rand, don't spend it. I need it next week. But I need you to carry it for me. When I get there, I'm looking for my thousand rand. He said, no, I spent it. No, it's mine. So the tithe is the Lord's. You understand that? So you understand where if, if we use it, we are using something that God's already ordained. But here's the thing. God doesn't need the tithe. He can just create, if he needed another million rand, he could create a million rand quite easily. If he needs a church building, he can create one. God can create anything he needs just by speaking it. So then if I'm withholding the tithe, I'm not really stealing the money from God. What is it that I've robbed him of? Well, if you keep reading, you'll see, uh, he says, verse 8. Will a man rob God, yet you rob me? But you say, in what way we rob you? In tithes and offerings. Verse 9, you cursed with a curse. For you've robbed me, even this whole nation. You cursed with a curse. Now, family of God, how you know God is vehemently opposed to the curse? Galatians 3 tells us that Jesus, when he went to the cross, became a curse so that the blessing of Abraham may come upon us. The very first thing God did with Adam in the garden was bless him. When 
Noah came off the ark, the very first thing he did was bless him. When Abraham stood before him and believed him, he blessed him. You notice all along the way, God wants this blessing to work in your life. And he's saying now, because you have withheld the tithe, now as a result, you cursed. He didn't say, I'm cursing you. God's not the one cursing. He's trying to get the blessing into your life. So then how can we land up in a curse? How how come the curse can affect us? Well, the person that came into this building this morning, the very first person that arrived, found the place dark. They didn't panic, and they didn't phone ESCOM and wonder, is their load shedding right now? Do you not have electricity? No, what did they do? The first thing they did was go to the power switch to turn it on. They didn't, go, they didn't phone ESCOM and say, please send power. The power was already there. But they had to put the switch on. The moment they put the switch on, the power that's already there, boom, manifested. Family, when you're born again, you are blessed. But the moment we step out of kingdom principles, we turn the light off. The blessing, the power is there, but now it cannot work in our lives. And God says, because you withheld the tithe, you've now stepped out of that blessing flow. You've placed yourself in a place of being cursed. And he says in verse 10, what's the solution? Bring how much? All the tithes. Where? To the storehouse. Why? That there's food in my house, and now try me in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing, there's not room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. That's Lord of the armies. He's speaking as a commander here. He's saying, I'm ready to fight on your behalf. Family, where else does God promise that? He said, you submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. Whatever you bind on earth will be loosed in heaven. The authority over demons is your responsibility. But yeah, God places himself personally responsible. If you dare bring the tithe to me first, I will personally come against the devourer to stop him. He won't stop your company. He cannot stop your income. He cannot stop your increase. I will personally make sure that happens. But put me first so I'm able to do it. So when I hold the tithe and use it for something else, I am robbing God of the privilege of fighting on my behalf. Did you get that? I said, when I withhold the tithe, because I think I needed to pay my rent, I think I needed to buy this food, I think I needed to get through the month, I've actually held God's hands, and I've robbed Him of the privilege that he wants to fight on your behalf. It's something he wants to do so much. Can you see that? Family God, I don't know what's happened in your life. I don't know what you've been through. We all have our story. But this thing I have been want to do today is that I want to stir up your faith. Put God first again. 
Remember him first. I know what it's like to be tough in tough times. But I learned that when I put that on the altar, I bring the first 10% to God. The moment I do that, I am set free and I step into a blessing flow that you cannot stand against. You cannot stop. Nothing the devil brings up can ever slow you down, can ever stop what God wants to do in your life. Make a decision. And here's the thing. Maybe we missed it. Maybe we slipped up. You go, wow, Pastor Alan, thank you. That, that's renewed my faith. Don't worry about what has happened. The Bible says that it doesn't matter what you've done. You just confess it before him. He is faithful and just to forgive and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. But make a decision from this day on. I am choosing to seek first the kingdom of God. See, when you bring the tithe to the house, the gospel can be preached. Haven't you glad that when you were at home, you could still get the word of God? Let me see. That wasn't possible if the technology wasn't in place. We didn't have all the equipment, all the broadcast equipment, the live streaming, all that in place. But why could that happen? Because somebody was faithful with the tithe. The gospel could be preached even though no one was in the building. Come on, you got to see this. There are people that right through lockdown, you don't go to a building to tithe. You tithe even if you're not in the building. And by doing that, you make sure the gospel kept being preached so that when we were ready to come back, the building was great. Aren't you glad when you came back, you found it all neat, tidy, clean, and still working? Come on, you see that you brought tithe, you brought the food to the house. And God honors that. And he says, as long as you do that, when you put him first, your, his blessing is on your bank accounts, on your investments, on your businesses, and it will flourish beyond anything you can imagine. Family, we are in payback time. I said we're in payback time. God is not happy with what the devil has done. And he is, he, the devil shot himself in the foot. I can tell you this. The Bible says that when Jesus was crucified, Paul said, had the prince of this world known, he would never have crucified Jesus. Why? Because he didn't know what was coming. He shot himself in the foot. Well, yes, part two. He shot himself in the foot. You want to try and silence the church? Watch what happens. We come out louder than ever before, more on fire than ever before, in revival. We're ready to preach the gospel, and we're going to be a part of that happening. How are you ready to be a part of a living church of Jesus? Say this, I commit from today to honor God first. Whatever he brings into my life, I'm ready for increase. I'm ready for abundance, and I give God thanks for it. When I bring the tithe, it is thanksgiving. And as I give God glory and thanks, He blesses me. He blesses my income. He blesses my buildings. He blesses my investments, my companies. Everything is blessed, and I increase and multiply more than I could imagine and God stops the devourer for my sake. And I thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Come on, give Jesus praise. Hallelujah. Family God, come with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I want you to know that God is a God of His Word. He's a God of yes and amen. 
Paul said in verse 6, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now listen to this. And God is able. And God is able. In other words, before and God is able. If we didn't do the first part, then God would not be able to. But because we honor him, he says, God is able to make all grace bound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things have an abundance for every good work. That's a lot of alls and always and everys. You can put my time on the offering message. Thank you. That's a lot of alls and always and everys. How many wouldn't mind having alls and always and everys? Now notice, he says here, that when you honor him with the seed, when you sow the seed, he's able to do that. See, family of God, here's the thing. If we're going through tough times and we withhold the tithe because we think we need it for something else, if we don't sow a seed, if a farmer looks at his field and thinks, your last year was tough, I'm not sure if I'm going to put seed in the ground. That's stupid. Isn't that right? If he doesn't put any seed in the ground, next season there's not going to be another crop either. In other words, if you don't sow seed, you're scheduling an empty field. If we do not sow seed, we are scheduling a time of lack. How many of you are looking forward to 2022 being blessed? How many of you would rather not have 2022 have nothing? Let me see. How many of you are you really excited for a month in 2022 where you get no income? Nothing. Let me see. Anybody? Okay. So if I don't sow my seed, I actually plan for that. Because by sowing my seed today, I schedule a harvest. See, my seed prophesies a harvest. And he says here that when you sow your seed, see, family, I don't want to withhold the tithe because I want to make sure I'm always blessed. And if I know that I've been lacking in the past, I can change that today with my seed. Say that I can change my day. I can change my future today with my seed. Look at verse 10. God supplies seed to the sower and he supplies bread for food. So you're never going to have to worry about what you're going to eat. He will always provide you enough food. And he will provide you enough seed. And he will supply and he will multiply the seed that you've sown. And he will increase your fruits of righteousness. And he will enrich you for all generosity. God wants you to have everything you need and still be generous, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. Family, in this month of thanksgiving, let's show God we believe Him. Let's show that we know He's still God. Let's show no matter what the devil did to try and steal from us last year, we are putting a stop to it today. And so I ask you and I, encourage you make a decision to do that it is a prayer of thanksgiving from this day on whenever you tithe think of that as thanksgiving it's not an obligation it's an offering of thanksgiving amen and so as you prepare your tithe right now you're gonna are there envelopes or you're doing that
Do you have envelopes? You can maybe just raise your hand if you need an envelope. The ushers are getting that to you. Make a decision. Now, if maybe you missed the tithe or somehow you slipped up and it's not in your bank account anymore, maybe you used it already, as I said, just confess it. God forgives. Just write on there, from this day on, I covenant to be a tither. From this day on, whatever God puts in my hand, I will surely bring one-tenth to the Lord. And let that be thanksgiving. And so as you prepare your tithe today, it's a prayer of thanksgiving. Everybody say, prayer of thanksgiving. And then as you sow your seed, determine in your heart. Notice he says, give as you purpose in your heart. You know what you need for in the future. So just ask God, Father, what is that size field? What type of seed do I need to sow? And he'll prompt you. He'll give you exactly what you need to do. And honor that. Just obey him. Lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him. And as you do that, as you commit that today, I'm calling this seed today blessed. I'm calling it restoration. And I believe we're going to see restoration of all things. Your income restored and beyond what you had before. Your businesses restored. Your investments that you might have lost, restored. And so commit to that. Amen. Let me pray over that offering. Father, you see each and every one of us today that are committing to bring the tithe to your house. We call it blessed in the name of Jesus. And we bring it as an offering of thanksgiving. This is your tithe. And we bring it as the first of our commitment to you. It is the first fruit. And we know as we do this, your windows of heaven open above each and every one of us. And you pour out your blessing, there's not room enough to receive it. And I call the seed today blessed. Father, let it multiply. Let it increase. And cause the increase that you've called to be. And that the vine will always produce. The devourer is rebuked for our sake. And we give you praise for it in the name of Jesus. Family, if you believe that, would you shout amen? Praise God. Won't you bow your heads at this time and just close your eyes. We've had a great time in the Word of God this morning. And today we've come to the time of the service, which is the most important part. And that's to give those an opportunity here today and those that are online to make right with the Lord, to come back into an amazing relationship with Him. So friend, if you're here today, whether online or in person, and in your heart you say, my relationship with God is not right. I've never come to that place in my life where I've invited Jesus to be my personal Lord and Savior. Or I once served the Lord, but I know I've drifted away. And today I know I need to come back. Well, friend, if you'll allow me to pray for you today, you can know for sure that heaven will be your home and you'll be in a relationship with a loving Father. The Word of God tells us in Romans that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. So please allow me to pray that prayer with you. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm going to ask you, if you want me to pray that prayer with you, won't you simply just raise your hand above your head, wave it at me, and put your hand back down, and I'll know I need to pray with you for that. Just raise it above your head, and you can put it back down. God bless you. God bless you. I see some hands going up. Wonderful. I need to make right with God, Pastor. This is your opportunity. If you're online or in other venues, you can do that as well. Just as a sign that you're responding, raise your hand whether you're at home, whether you're in other venues, and you can take it back down again. That's wonderful. 
Now, friend, I want to pray a prayer with you. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer along with me. But I'm going to invite everybody here today to join you in this prayer. And let's support you as you make the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. So let's pray this together. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today just as I am. I ask you, Lord, please forgive me for all of my sin. I do believe Jesus is Lord and he was raised from the dead. Today, I choose to forgive every person who has hurt me or offended me. And I thank you that I am now part of your family. Heaven is my home and you are my loving father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.